0: Hello and thank you for listening to the Confidence Mastery Podcast. Today I have an extra special episode for you with the amazing Sue Parker. She is the host of the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast and we have had an amazing conversation that I know you're going to love. We've done this so that it's going out on both of our podcasts because we have so much in common that we thought it would be best to help to empower more people to create a lifestyle That is truly what you deserve to be living. Now, you know me, I live through health, wealth and happiness and embody everything I teach. So I was really drawn to Sue and the way in which um, she teaches people and leaving her corporate career and unleashing herself to her true, true entrepreneurial self. I think you're going to absolutely love this episode. So happy listening If you do enjoy it, please make sure to share it with your loved ones, your friends, family, colleagues, or even people that you don't like. (laughs) And Thank you again for listening, and I will see you at the end.
1: Bye, Sue! hi Natalie I can't believe we finally got to have this conversation because when we spoke last time we just couldn't get off the phone from each other you were like doing this this mad run I think to an appointment at dentist or doctors or something yeah and and you were like I need to go I need to to go and we just wanted to keep talking so um, I'm so glad we got this in the diary
0: me too. Like, that was a really good. Co- we should have recorded that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we should have. We should have and we yeah, anyway. <laughs> Me getting my steps in, them um, doing doing a 60 minute walk to get there, made it to made it to the appointment and um left left feeling amazing. So yeah, I'm really excited to be talking with you today. And that both of our audiences are getting all of us yeah. by doing a, a dual episode because they're quite unheard of to do them like this, aren't they?
1: Yeah, it's always like, uh, you know, somebody interviewing one person, you get one side of the story, you get to sort of delve in as much as they want to share. But uh, yeah, I've certainly found I've done a few of these now and you get a lot more, you get a a deeper conversation. It's like, oh, that was like that for you, but this was like this for me. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking all about but confidence, imposter syndrome, becoming an entrepreneur, your investment journey, which is super impressive. I Thank think is, is going to be really inspiring and empowering for our listeners. And that's what I want. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: that's what I love to talk about as well. So tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial
1: journey. <laughs> sure. Um, so I've had failed attempts at business before. I had a retail business probably 15 years ago, which I set up on the high street, and that was my first then dabble into e-commerce and business online so i ended up getting into web design and all sorts of things like that but i always had one foot in a in a job because i always needed that security of paying a mortgage i was always like i don't know just really conscientious of the fact that i had commitments at home and i had you know a husband at the time and i didn't want to just sort of abandon him and have, have take, you know risk all our money in, in this business Retail's really hard. And it was around the time when retail was just struggling in the high street, was struggling even more that the online business actually worked better. So I ended up closing the retail store and running this like e-commerce business from my loft. I sold I sold ladies lingerie, um, which was also quite difficult because you realize a lot of people find lingerie rude. And um, yeah, like they're really prudish. They don't like talking about bras um, (laughs) or anything like that. It's so So, bizarre because women wear them every day bras and pants, it's like
0: staple. So, um, and obviously, today there is a massive sexual connotation that goes with it, though. And like, I've seen a lot more just to sorry, just to jump in there with Mm -hmm. that because I think it's important to like the confidence side of things. I'm seeing a lot more like advertisements for um, confidence building photo shoots for women, yeah, yeah. these poses in lingerie. Mm Not necessarily for anybody, but themselves.
1: 100%.
0: But I think like having done photo shoots myself, the confidence it gives you and then being able to talk about it. And, you know, when you've got some really nice lingerie on, you feel amazing
1: yeah oh yeah absolutely and and here's the deal I mean you hit the nail on the head boudoir shoots there was this thing called for your eyes only that did boudoir shoots as well you know they were about making this woman feel sexy when maybe there was many times where she didn't feel because we're constantly comparing ourselves aren't we with those models that are on the front covers of magazines or you know all over social media with the perfect bodies and the reality is when you do something like that and you you have some nice laundry you have something something nice to wear you feel good about yourself and from, from having that store, if there's yeah. anything I can say, is there were loads of women who used to come in, get something and be like, do you know what? I feel good about tonight. I'm going out for a meal. I just want to wear something nice. And then I I kind of got to the thinking, well, why do you have to save your best lingerie just for that meal or that, you know, Valentine's evening? We're recording on Valentine's Day, so it's quite an apt <laughs> conversation. Why is it for somebody else or for a special occasion? I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear good lingerie every day. And, and it's kind of like I don't know. It's a bit of a millionaire's mindset, I suppose. It's like stepping into the shoes of the person I want to be and feel like every single day. Wearing good clothes, you know, you know, wearing nice lingerie, wearing your best lipstick, whatever. It's those sorts of things that they just kind of just pick you up a little bit. They
0: give you a boost, don't they? And I don't, I don't buy into all of that. Save it for best thing, Mm. right? So, I like yesterday. I was looking for a cable for treadmill. I'm trying to get up. I hate running. And so we're trying to get rid of this, this treadmill for, can't find the cable for love nor money. So I've got my, my, my place in London where um, I'm with my mum when I'm in London. And then I've got my place in Mallorca. I'm going, I've literally turned the bedroom upside down because that's where the the treadmill was. And I'm talking, I moved furniture, couldn't find it. All of the shoes that I've got here, let alone the ones I've got in Mallorca and i added them up and i've got over ten thousand pounds worth of shoes but i wear them i wear them i don't save them for best they sleep like I'm, I'm known for for shoes and they make me feel good so actually if something costs a lot a lot of money in, in relative terms depending on what expensive is to you um but you wear them a lot and you get a lot of wear out of them, then that's money well spent in my Um, mm, eyes.
1: Yeah. Um, you, You know Carrie from Sex and the City yeah you're reminding me of Carrie now going and buying the shoes even though she can't quite afford them but they make her so happy and she wants them <laughs> um I I haven't got that many shoes but for me it is lingerie and it is clothes yeah. and it is about that and it's also about perfume for me mm. you know when I made this switch to oh I have my my everyday perfume which is just you know some cheapo stuff to wearing stuff I love and I and when I smell it it makes me feel good okay. and 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 I think you know, just by wearing that Coco Mademoiselle every day or whatever it's like I'm up-leveling. I'm, I'm going, well, what would I do if I was the dream me or the future me? I would do yeah. this. So why not do it now? And it's not it just, now. just making not those little day. steps, isn't it?
0: Yeah. That's how I've done the same thing with perfume too, because I used to think, like, well, then it will run out faster. Yeah. And it's well, well, of course, you, you need to be, then you just buy some more. And if you, you can't afford to, you learn how to make more money so that you can. So for yeah. me, again, like you're saying with the lingerie, it's, it's that that nice, that feeling sexy and feeling confident. And for me, it's the shoes and the perfume as well. Like When I do talks, I, I'm standing on stage. You will see me in a pair of heels. I will never do a pair of, um in, in a pair of flats, although I've got lots of trainers. But there's just something about the way that it makes you stand, the way it makes you mm-hmm. feel. I love that you've mentioned the perfume as well, because I think that's such an under like, discovered topic
1: it sat there it used to sit there evaporating and yeah I'm I'm totally with you you know yeah if you use it you will buy more but it's about bringing the joy into every single day and I got that from Denise Duffield Thomas I read her chillpreneur book and it was like yeah. well what what does that woman do now and why are you not living and experiencing that level of luxury that level of of yeah that level of feeling good now um And I think there's an element of you said about the shoes. And I wonder if part of you showing up in those shoes means your body language changes. Now I'm thinking of Amy Cuddy's TED talk um, and her research, which, you know, you talked about instant confidence on your podcast as well about this idea that when we show up with our shoulders back Mm -hmm. and we show up, you know, more upright, or we do the power pose, the Wonder Woman pose, because we're standing, we're posing in the mirror with our shoes and we feel good about ourselves. That's like reducing your stress levels. So reducing the cortisol that's running through your blood. It's boosting your feel-good hormones and your testosterone, which means you f- you walk out feeling you can take on the world. And that's what we're doing every single day. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the more people that we can help to do that, the better. Because life's too short to like, be hidden in the shadows. Yeah. And I realised, I mean, over the past few years, I wasn't wearing my heels so much because there wasn't anywhere to go, was there? And then I thought, well, why not? So I started wearing it around the house. what happened next for you from the e-commerce yeah so
1: the next so you know it sort of links really well to what you've just said about you know why we all need to feel confident so after then I got I went into my corporate career I was like head over heels into my corporate career I dumped the e-commerce site on the grounds that ASOS was taking off and they had massive marketing budgets and social media accounts that I couldn't even figure out so I was just like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna close this and I'm gonna pursue a corporate career. I'm gonna pursue my web design. I got into web development, I got into business analysis, project management. I was then working with clients, building their their websites out and their business systems, then got into like, I don't know, an entire product development business system that involved barcoding and all sorts of stock control and things. But I learned a lot about tech and business and the online space and how it all works during that time. And that led me into a corporate career. And during this corporate career, I was like determined I was going to be a leader. I was like, I'm on a career ladder, but I just kept bumping my head against the ceiling. And it took a while. And eventually there was this like shift in my identity. I know there was. There was like, it was almost just like I'd just gone from. I'm a doer to I'm going to start showing up like a leader and I'm going to act like I I I almost did this power walk thing down the office I wore power suits I felt like I I belonged here I owned this team that we were doing this project on and even I remember people being a bit like who's this bitch who does she think she is you know showing up here telling us what to do but I just remember feeling really good about you know I'm capable here I can do this yeah and I got a promotion and well the thing that stood out to me was I was the only woman at that time that was a head of department. And it was a really male white corporate when you got above a certain level, real middle class, really traditional. And I hadn't ever seen it before. I'd not seen it like properly. It's like I was sat in these rooms and all of a sudden I was not taken seriously. I was kind of ignored. I felt like I was questioned more than everybody else. It was like, well, why is that? Why are you doing this? And I was thinking, well, nobody else is getting the grief I'm getting. Mm-hmm. And it really frustrated me. And then I started to do these women in tech events and go to meetups and things. And I realized women were just not, very confident in this field, they were they were happy just doing, keeping their head down. But they really wanted a promotion, but nobody was recognizing them because they weren't showing up bold and confident. Mm-hmm. But they didn't feel confident either, and it really angered me because I just thought I could see so much wasted talent. Like there were so many people around me that was like, "Yours, you're amazing. Why are you not doing this? Why are you not running the show over here? Why are you not?" helping those people do this. And it was all because we've got this wasted talent because people didn't feel confident. So going back to what you were saying about when I do a talk, I show up like this, you know, and, and why do we need to feel confident? I believe we've got so much wasted energy, talent, potential, and people going through life almost sort of sleeplessly because yes. they they don't feel that they can unleash who it, they really are. They never tap yes. into it. because there's, there's They're light
0: living light in, like, mediocrity. Box.
1: Yeah. Exactly,
0: and I, I don't believe in mediocrity. I like it. Just it shouldn't be that I've got. I've got this new phrase. It's like take your life from mediocre to marvelous, because it. you know we do. Like you say, sleepwalking through life. There's so much untapped potential left on the table. Can you imagine what the world would be like, or how the world could be, if people just did an extra ten percent?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we we would have conquered probably other planets by now. Um, there's so, <laughs> there
0: so much. There's
1: no end to the potential. And you know, obviously coming from a very woman's perspective, I'm always think- I was thinking there in the women in tech scene, tech would have advanced so much more had we not had half the women suppressed mm-hmm. with, we, with this un- the unmet potential. But you know. Just to go back to what you what you asked, I'm being a bit of a politician here, aren't I? Um, <laughs> I got into leadership coaching. That became my side hustle. I was like, this is what I'm doing. This is I want to do talks. I want to research this. What's going on with our limiting beliefs? How do I help these women um, get to my level? And I was still trying to figure out how to get to the next level. So mm-hmm. I'm already frustrated with what I've got, and I've got a little bit of imposter syndrome about well, I, I haven't got to this next director level but I really wanted more women to feel confident. So I just show up at these women in tech events and I did these leadership coaching sessions and I did my first digital course. And that was me like putting all of this into a digital product. And I learned about digital products and to cut a long story short, that's a year later. So I did this all through lockdown. I was doing delivering sessions on Facebook lives, workshops, all sorts of things, doing one-to-one coaching calls. And I got this packaged course that people could sign up for. And I got to the end of that year and I just felt really like, do you know what? I hate this job. I hate the fact that I never see my kids. I hate the fact that these women are trying to bend over backwards. I'm like sat on calls and they're going, oh, but you know, this guy wants me to do this. And this manager suggested I should do this to get promoted. And I was like frustrated for them thinking you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole just so you can get this promotion. When, when you're going to be sat around that table and they're still Mm -hmm. going to treat you like that. Yeah. And I got angry for people and, and that was not a healthy place. But it triggered me when somebody said, hey, Sue, you know, you set up that website and you set up like that sales funnel where people, we can go on and buy stuff. Like, can you help me set mine up? Because I'm going to do a course for to show people how to become data analysts. I was like, that's amazing. Let me help you. So that then transitioned me into, hey, you know what's going to align with my values is yeah. helping these people to build their online business, their side yeah. hustle, and escape that but then unleash that potential and do something amazing and then it was like well I've got new I've got new barriers now how do I show up online how do I do this and and I've had to go through that as well and I'm still going through it
0: Believe we're or always we, learning aren't we
1: a hundred percent so that's you know but bring it up to present day that's yeah. that's where I've been and what I've been I doing. love
0: it like the the fact that you've been through that process you know what these people are feeling where they're coming from that gives you it puts you in so in a much better position to then be able to help them and give them the support that they need. Because, like, the entrepreneurial space can be so lonely, which 100%. is why, like, community to me is so important. And, the, like, doing podcasts and, and getting people to, to listen and, like, engage and talk to one another.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, 100%. I
0: mean, you know,
1: like, what is life? So, so let's go back to your story. So how did you start out and what was your journey?
0: How long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> so funnily enough, I used to work for a tech company and I it, that was my last real proper job, if you think proper, air yeah, quotes, was that. And I quit that job in 2011 and got on a plane and went to Magaluf um, intending on staying there for three months and I don't know how many years we are down the line now but I still live there. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> the sun. From when I was a child I was absolutely adamant that I was going to Oxford or Cambridge and I, I loved school, I was very smart, and um, always got good grades and then as soon as I hit sixth form I was like mm, nah this isn't for me. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do so I went from job to job to job to job and just got to a point where I'm like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I used to think anybody that was from London that didn't live in London was crazy. And there was that stationary guy and he left and said he was going to Thailand to be a scuba diver instructor. And at the time I was like, you're you're mad. Why Why would you want, why? And a year later I went off to Magaluf and from there have just travelled the world And I I ran a bar and then I retrained as a personal trainer and ended up running a boxing gym, um, which I absolutely loved. So my passion for health and fitness really comes from making that massive change from Magaluf Party Girl to, like, the gym saved my life. Like, I I don't know where I'd be if I hadn't, like, you know, these things happen. And mm-hmm. um, like I once knew 22 people in the jail there. And I realized that if I continued on the path that I was on, I would either be in there or, or dead in the hospital because you, you can't live a party lifestyle 24 7 forever. And I knew that there was, there's something, I've always known there's something in me that's bigger and better. And I realized that I was, well, don't get me wrong, I was having a good time. I was masking like deep depression and loneliness through this being the life and soul of the party. So I realized I really needed to clean up my act. And I actually had a conversation with my nan who um, actually helped me to to pay for the, the PT training. So I went, like I say, retrained as a personal trainer. And that's why now it's so important to me. Like I'm in the gym every day. Um, and part of what we teach on our masterminds and retreats is health, wealth and happiness mm. because if you look after your mental health, your it's your physical and mental health, then you can work on the rest of things. And um, I got into property with my mum, also known as Paula, and <laughs> um, because she dragged me along to a property event. I had absolutely no interest in property at all, and it wasn't until day three of this event that the light bulb went on for me and I realized that we could do something there and we could do something together and not just like leave a legacy but create a legacy together so by this point I'd lost all of my grandparents um and like within the space of four years so life was quite difficult I was in this real grief Period. Not knowing, like, and that's partly where like the partying came from. Like, you never know when when your time's going to be up, so you might as well enjoy yourself. But actually, by looking after your body and treating it through diet and exercise, life is more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I enjoy my life so much more now. Mm-hmm. And so, when my mum's mum passed away, we realised that we could do something together, so that we, you know. We have a fantastic relationship, and I do with my dad as well, and that's something that's really important to me. So when I'm in England, Saturdays like no one come near me because I'm with my dad. We watch football; that's our thing. We go to Vegas together, and and like he's really proud of where I've come from and what what we're doing now as well. But like the property side of things, to come back to. Where where that came from? Obviously, it's my mom. My mom was dragging me, but we we do property development, commercial conversions, and our latest project that's just coming to an end was twenty thousand square foot and um, the decommissioned care home that we've converted into thirty wow. homes. Wow. So when we go and do things, we we go all in. <laughs> yeah, too right. Too <laughs> um, far. that's that for me is really really important like me and mama we're known as the baileys and so the more developments we we do we're gonna just gonna be like bailey close and bailey drive and bailey house and put our names on that everywhere but aside from that what i noticed was so many people in the property space and and you know entrepreneurs were lonely and they weren't moving forward with what they wanted to do because they had a lack of confidence they had that imposter syndrome that you mentioned that I don't actually believe in the phrase <laughs> but we can talk about that um and I realized the missing piece was people having a lack of confidence I thought well how can I help people and I tapped back into what I did when I did my PT training I also trained as a life coach so I put together the, the confidence collective and we have this message better together because people need people and then we help people you know with their mindset building the resilience building the confidence to put themselves out on social media create the life that they really deserve because if i can do it anyone can do it all but you have to want it yeah and that's what it comes back to and we work on that why that really like you know what's the reason behind this like for me, I've had so much grief in my life that I I I don't want that. But I don't I don't focus on what I don't want. I focus on what I do. So that's what we help people to do: to shift from that. I don't want this to I do want this, and this is why I want it, and this is how I'm going to make it happen. Um, yeah. And that's why we started the podcast too to to help people because obviously podcasts are free, and then we've got the paid stuff that we do too.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: That um, was a very long answer.
1: <laughs> no no, no. Oh, there's so many things i want to kind of want to go back right back to your start of the story and say well, what about this um i mean just to pick up on what you just said about focusing on what you want not what 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 you don't want so many of us are conditioned to do that mm-hmm. to focus on what we don't want it's like mm-hmm. that's easy what do i want in life i don't know most of us haven't dreamt since we were kids i found this i, I hadn't had a dream about what i wanted to be when i was older and how i wanted life to be until I, and since i was like 12 years old after then like this firm conditioning of get a good job sue you know and a good job is one with a title a decent salary buy a house get married have kids have a car this Mm -hmm. is what success looks like because your parents and everybody's always talking about oh they're successful and look at they're doing well because they have x y z so that trains you that's what you 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 need to have so you end up focusing on that even if you you don't really want that because you, you don't know what you do want or or just because you're so conditioned to it and then your brain's always looking out for the next opportunity. So I got to the point where I was just looking out for another job and then I was looking out for another job that might pay a bit more or be in a bigger company and give me a bit more mm-hmm. opportunity. And I was just focused on that, even though if I actually asked myself what my dream was, I should be focusing on, all right, then what's my calling in life? Mm-hmm. What what business do I want to set up that's going to work for the dream life I want to have? And for me, it's about freedom and family. Yeah. So for me, it's very important to be able to dictate my own hours and earn, earn what I want um, have the ability to travel and spend time with my family and I never focused on that stuff so therefore I never saw the opportunities that everybody else was taking up like mm-hmm. you've taken up you you've had these opportunities so I think the RAS the reticular activating system in your brain I'm pointing because I think it's back here somewhere does that filtering and selecting thing and I I like to think of it as um you know when you have a new car you, you, so we had this Volkswagen Passat, and all of a sudden I'm driving down the motorway and everybody's got a Volkswagen Passat. Uh-huh. You just see them all the time. You see it all That's the kind of, time. Even, even though they were there all along. And it's this, it's RAS that I've just activated because I bought the car. So it's like front of mind again. And as soon as you like tap into your dreams again or what you want to do in your vision, you activate that and you focus, like you said, you focus on what you want. You'll start to see these opportunities. You'll meet these people. Yeah. These ideas yeah. will come to you. Things will happen because you've trained, you're, you're training your subconscious. Just going back to um when you left, um, you know, you were you realized your party life wasn't gonna serve you, you saw how this yep. played out for other people, yep. and then you became a personal trainer. That's like complete identity shift. That 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 I mean I I've tried identity shifting from like a corporate mum to entrepreneur. Like this is tr- this is difficult. This is hard. It this is, is not instant. Difficult. I wake up one day and oh, I can be a healthy entrepreneur with an amazing morning routine and you know, show up on camera. It's not like that. that yeah. So So, like, did you slip back? What was that period like?
0: It was a very difficult period because uh, people judged me. They were like, "You can't do that." How long before you're back on the gear? Before you're doing this? And I'd still be out at five o'clock in the morning drinking water. Oh, and I, I, I I love to dance. I love to dance, and I used to drink so much that it just kind of carried on, and then. I thought, well, I I used to drive to raves in England, so and I didn't drink. So if I could do that here in England, why can't I do that here in Majorca? So it was a it was a slow period because I had to then change where I was going, who I was around, and again, this is why community is so important to me because being around all of those people that we were they weren't saying, oh, well done. It was why are you being boring? Why are you not drinking? Why I mean I do drink every now and then now, but it's not like can you know, I not sorry I swore. And <laughs> like it's um like it was. So it's a it's a slow transitional process, it doesn't happen overnight, and a lot of it is again that desire that want for for better. Obviously, I slipped up every now and then and then i would beat myself up about it for days and it's a bit like if i buy a pack of biscuits i'll eat the whole packet so i don't buy biscuits and it got to a point where i had to realize if i slipped up once that's fine you don't need to carry on doing doing it so it's then like the biscuit analogy you can just have a biscuit and it's fine and and then just ensuring that instilling the discipline because that's the thing that makes the difference I used to think that freedom meant doing what you wanted when you want but actually having routine and discipline and saying to yourself well if I do this I'm going to get better at this and I'm going to do this and the compound is going to compound and then that's where it all came from was having the discipline and knowing that that life didn't serve me. And then I'm seeing people, even now, I see people that I know 10 years ago doing exactly the same thing that they did 10 years ago. And I'm sure they're happy enough, but that's not enough for me. No. So it was, yeah, a slow, a slow period of changing my circle of people, as well as knowing that if I didn't, like I want my parents and my grandparents to be proud of me. And I know they are now.
1: Yeah. So- how do, some people might be listening and thinking well how do I find people in my community how do I I know my friends aren't serving me my fa- you know people aren't supportive around me or they're doing all of the bad habits that I'm trying to shake off to be the new me but mm. like how do you how do you find or get yourself around people in the space that you want to be traveling in
0: how did, did you, you join find the Confident Entrepreneurs Club <laughs> of course <laughs> um I did it um literally through the gym everywhere I travel to the first thing I do is find the gym and find new things that you enjoy doing and go to those events go to different places where where people are more positive where they're the radiators and not the drains mm-hmm. you don't have to cut everybody out I mean I you might have family that you love dearly, but don't support you. But that doesn't mean that you, you have to cut them out of your life. You just maybe talk about different things. But find the event. I mean, there's on, the, the online world has opened up so many possibilities for connecting with people. But looking on, like, there, there's sites like Meetup um, and Eventbrite. Like, look on there. Like, what do you enjoy doing? It's something that you've never done before. Maybe it's dancing. Maybe it's, like, arts and crafts. Something that's not an insular thing that's got a community vibe. And um, it's a bit like this is why churches work so well, because mm. people go, they see each other every week, they talk to each other um in, in the hall after, and that that creates a vibe and that's the kind of people they want to be around to so find your church.
1: Yeah, that's a good analogy, actually. I never thought of meetups as being like your church. You do, and I find you have to go multiple times before you you might feel comfortable distancing. around it, you know, but you, you build no like, and trust over time. Don't you? These are friends yeah. from school. You, you've been with them for years. You know, of course it's going to take time. Yeah. I, I was listening to your podcast and you, you talked about confidence and you talked about when you went first went networking, you know, looking out for the person who's on their phone all the time because they're anxious about yeah. introducing themselves and meeting people. And, and I, I kind of, it, you know, it was, it was really useful. Let's, let's touch on this thing about imposter syndrome then now, Yeah. you know, what, What's, what's your take on imposter syndrome you mentioned you you don't believe it's a thing but I just
0: don't yeah. like the phrase I really dislike the phrase because I don't, I just don't think it's a real thing and I, I believe that everybody is confident and has confidence in them they just don't know how to let it out and by calling yourself an imposter you are giving yourself permission to hold back mm. and I don't think that if you put a label on that that's what you're going to believe so why not just turn that around and say yes I, I am confident and I do deserve this thing okay I'm um, I've not reached this level yet just be honest about where you're at and then you won't have a feeling of imposter syndrome and you know what sometimes you need to be the stupidest person in the room to be able to be lifted up by the people that are doing more and have more success because they've been doing it longer. And that way, that's another way to surround yourself with the right kind of people, like getting mentorship, joining masterminds. But you're only an imposter if you're lying about what you're doing. And that's why I don't believe in imposter syndrome, giving yourself permission to hold back.
1: Yeah, I like that. You've made me think of it very differently. It's a disempowering belief. So for as long as I think I've got imposter syndrome, I'm going to show up with imposter syndrome and hold myself back. And what you're saying is a more empowering belief would be, I just need to ask the stupid questions and learn my way out of this.
0: Yeah, and there's no such thing as a stupid question. If you don't know the answer to something, it's because you haven't learned it yet. That doesn't mean that you're stupid. It just means that you haven't learned it yet. You need to just have the confidence to ask the question, in order to learn, in order to level up. Yeah, and yeah. I hope that everybody listening to this takes that on board and goes, "Oh bloody hell, yeah!" Like that's that's what I've been doing. I've been holding myself back because of this this limiting belief that has been planted because everybody talks about imposter syndrome. You didn't even know about it before somebody started talking about it. So why have you created this belief? And if you think about it, it is just that it is a mm. belief. It's not not a fact. Yeah. So give yourself the facts. Be honest about where you're at, what success you've had to date, and where you want to go, and then your confidence will grow because you're giving yourself the the positive belief rather than all of this nonsense. Yeah.
1: I'm very straight talking. <laughs> <laughs> I once heard this story, um, I'm trying to think who it was. Dean Graziozzi was, uh, you know, at this conference with um, Richard Branson, sat around the table and somebody was talking about a business idea they had. And he, he was like, and they were c- talking about it really at a high level. And everyone was sort of sat around really, you know, sort of perplexed by this, but they couldn't get it off the ground for some reason. And Richard Branson just asked the simplest question like, well, why can't you do this? And how can how can you do this? And I remember being, on a, you know, sat on a corporate away day. We had this conference away day. And I remember our CEO of this company, you know, it was a multi-million pound company. And I remember sitting there with all these directors around the table. They were presenting why we couldn't exceed our sales in a particular area, do a deal with a particular insurance company. And the CEO just took it right back to basics and went, what do we need to do to get to there? And nobody had asked that question. What do we do, do to get to there so that we can get in front of this insurance company and renegotiate? nobody had thought of asking that simple question because it sounded like an it this it and it just I came away thinking the most basic when you simplify something and just simplify the steps, what do I need what does it take to get to X? what does it say, mm-hmm. take to do this mm-hmm. it you know it takes away sort of that that feeling that I, I don't know that do it's something. too complex for me yeah. I can't possibly you know am I ever like I'm you know I sat there looking listening to you the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, how many properties have you created? 30 is it self-contained apartments or something I was like I am never, I'm at the start of our property investment journey. I've, somebody on the podcast will hear about the day yeah. one of Sue speaking to a mortgage advisor about getting a buy to let mortgage. You can hear all about that. And you're like way over there. And I'm thinking, oh, that's far too complex. But really what I need to ask is like the, the first question, the basic question, rather than thinking I'm an imposter with you, calling myself a property investor, you know, I've got one <laughs> and, here you, and here you are with this money. So, but that's not serving me. That's not going to serve our future. So-
0: and the Thank other you. thing is we do different things and it's okay to do different things comparison is the thief of joy you oh, know like that. and if you just ask yourself the question how do I do this people come to me like often like, "Oh, I can't do this or I can't afford that I'm like okay well what, what can you do in order to make this happen if you need an extra certain amount of money a month what can you do? How can you do it? And then your brain starts firing. The synapses start going and it opens up rather than shuts it down. Yeah. And you're not an imposter because you are property investor because you have started the journey. doesn't matter how many you've got. I hate that question. How many properties have you got? Like, it's irrelevant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, awesome. I love that. What was that? Comparison is the... Comparison is the thief of joy. The thief of joy. Yeah, that, that's that's killing me on Instagram right now. I'll be honest with you, I need to stop looking at those those perfect pictures. Um They are so uh, so. They are so
0: filtered. <laughs> they are so and so, I don't so even, filtered. And mine are because I, I don't even know how to use it. <laughs> uh, I I mean, I know somebody that Photoshop. I mean, like she looks good anyway, but even then, Photoshops the stuff that goes out in magazines and it's just not real have you seen the one the video of them putting the butt things um in leggings to take pictures of this model and it's just like that's that's not reality not even her bottom. Eat more chicken <laughs> and do my an squats
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a bit of pt advice as well there <laughs> PT. um are you aware of the dunning kruger effect no, what, what, when, what is? when I learned, when I learned about the Dunning-Kruger effect, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is where I'm at." So, this was how I dealt with imposter syndrome. I like Google, TED Talks, all the rest of it. And I stumbled across the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is basically you start off and you're like, you know, like the teenager knows everything. They know how the world works. I know how companies work. I know everything. And I always remember this um, teenager coming in for work experience. And he was like, I know how companies work. Like, I could run this place. <laughs> <was> like, okay. <laughs> okay. You're cocky. You know everything like the teenager does. Doesn't like to be told anything by their parents. And that's because they've got a little bit of knowledge about something. A little bit of knowledge. You you probably had people on your projects or something where they're like, I've got a little bit of knowledge. I'm going to tell you how to do your job. You know, it's really frustrating. But they're there anyway, they're like the student, they're like the teenager. And then the next level is this you become the student of it. So, like you and I, we've we've gone on a path, we've done some life coaching uh qualifications. I don't know what you've done, you you, you might have done more than me. Um, and then you realize, oh, there's quite a complex subject here: psychology, behavioral science, NLP. There's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Like, and you and you all that's why I think of imposter syndrome. You get to this stage where you're like, I know a bit and I know I know a bit. I'm no longer cocky about the bit I know. I've now got to show up to these places and admit the fact that I don't know everything. So when you're in this conversation, you kind of offer your point, but there's a part of you that thinks... These people know a bit more than me. He's an author. They must know more than me, you know, and and that holds you back. That's what some people are in. And then you get to this professor stage, which might well be where you're at, actually. And that is the professor knows there's a hell of a lot to this subject. We don't know all the answers, but it's quite comfortable that they have a really good foundation of knowledge. They can listen to other people's ideas, synthesize it, and they're comfortable with that. But I believe because we don't do very much deep learning of subject, you know, we're Mm -hmm. very generalists, aren't we? It's like we skim the top of everything. We don't get deep. A lot of us stay in that middle zone where we've gone from I had a bit of knowledge to, oh, I'll find out a bit more about this. I'm quite interested. And then we go, oh, God, this is scary. I don't know enough. I'm never going to know enough. And you have to break through that 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 barrier, that pain threshold and be uncomfortable for a while before you go. I'm OK. I'm being a professor that says I'm here to learn as well as offer what yeah. I know. Yeah, so, I quite like that,
0: that makes a lot of sense. And that's what I always I always said as well. Like from hosting my masterminds, I learn as much from my mentees as they do from me. And if I don't know the answer, I will know somebody that does. And I think that being able to to say, I don't know that, I will I will find out for you. That's also really empowering. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Gives gives other people confidence in you that you're still there to help them even though you don't know that particular thing rather than that's where the imposter bit would come from and then you go in or trying to like lie your way around it or skirt mm. around it be a politician and not answer the question properly mm. um by just owning up to I've, I've not got to that bit yet um, so let let me find out and get back to you, or I'll bring an expert in to to, to help you with that. Um, but it is having that that confidence in yourself. I like that system that you've just explained there. It makes like it makes me want to learn. I always want to learn more. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, we are, aren't we? And all the time, there's a new research study that shows us how something else works, and you go, oh, and you know, I went off on a bit of a rabbit warren yesterday about. This reflection of your future self, and how can you put your future self into the now? Because I think that I believe one of that's one of the hardest things. You know, the crux of all this is right now, I'm not very confident in something, in a situation, or in doing something. But I know that my future self needs to be because that's where I want to get to. That's mm-hmm. like the future, you know, this breaking away from mediocrity to achieve something. And if that future self of me has got to be really comfortable, say, in front of the camera, or it's got to be really comfortable on a stage, public speaking then at some point I've got to get through that and adopt this future self identity. And it's quite, it's quite interesting. I will, I'm curious how, how you came to sort of adopt this identity as um, you know, the confidence mastery, the the public speaker who could talk confidently on these topics. Like, was there an element of you projecting your future self and then saying, well, I've got to start taking these steps now.
0: There was an element of that. Yeah. And also I knew I had to, because no one's gonna do it for me nobody can stand on stage and be me nobody can you know talk and do my podcast nobody can help people in the way that I do because they're not me and but that is also equally why I do bring in experts on other things (laughs) because I don't know it all um but knowing that I just, I just know, and I have this feeling, and I've always had it, that I'm meant for more. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't get out of my comfort zone and go and learn these things and do the trainings, I've done speakers, I've done so many different speaker training courses, and I redid a speaker training that I did five years ago, and um, it just in January this year. And coming from a place of experience made it such a rewarding thing to do, and. Being open to feedback, and I was so keen to get the feedback because I then, like you're saying about your future self, I see my future and where we're going, and you have to vision that and what it feels like and what it's what life's gonna look like, and and have those dreams like you have as a child, like like the. I want to be an. I want to be a nurse or a doctor or a policewoman. You know, they're the kind of things that you, that you tend. to... Uh, I wanted to be an actress, so me now doing public speaking. I'm st- I'm on the stage, so it's, <laughs> it's it's the same kind of thing. But st- stepping into who you are, it's it, you're you are already that person. You just have to believe it, mm. like. If you don't believe it and you don't feel it, how's it going to feel when you get there? You're never going to know. So you are already all that you need to be. You just need to let it out and step into your future self. Put those shoes on. Put the lingerie on. Put the lipstick on. I'm put my red lipstick on today. <laughs> and it's having that just sheer enough utter belief in yourself. And if you think about it, like, our our time on Earth is a blip in the space-time continuum, right? But it's the longest time that we will ever be here. So if we don't go ahead and do all of these things and we just live in mediocrity, then what, what is the point? Like there's so much more to to life and to experience. That vision those things like whatever it is that you want it. You know, to some people, if you think I think back to what you said about um getting a job, get married, have children, have the house, have the car. That that was and still is the conventional. Like uh, you're successful. I've done none of that. I mean, I've I've had cars. but I've done none of that and that's success to me and that's what makes me happy I met someone I hadn't seen for a while the other day and she asked am I seeing anyone no (laughs) like oh like why is why is there such a thing on being in a relationship why is that such a success why can't people learn to be happy on their own and confident on their own so, I know I've gone a bit off a bit on the tangent there from your original question, but I think it's really important to say that and be able to connect with yourself yeah. as you truly are wholly you, so that you can do what I've done, what you've done, envision yourself in the future to be in confident and happy in whatever that may be and mean for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you've raised something really important. What is success to you? yeah what what is your future life what what do you want to be what do you want to do what do you have I mean do you do you do visualizations or do you do any sort of journaling like how do you how do you picture that future self how do you sort of hold on to that goal and that vision or are you just building it as you go and you're like quite fluid
0: um I I am quite fluid there are some things that I am very specific about and I do think about it and I say things out loud um I'm Massive on whiteboards. Um, I write on my bathroom mirror. Yeah. Different things. Um, I get my I even get my clients to say, I am fucking amazing every single day. Tell yourself that whether you swear or not, the emphasis is actually the swear word does make it bring more emphasis to it. Sure. I have a t-shirt that says it <laughs> 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 because you start to believe it. So Um, I I actually wrote it on the the new whiteboard I've got yesterday.
1: So do you say this into a mirror? So you're like eyes, eyes looking at each other, because I find that so powerful. If you're looking at yourself when you you say it, it's not like just walking around the room going, Oh, I'm amazing. It's like, no, "No, I'm looking at myself now, right? Sink it into the brain. You're all right, you're doing okay, you're gonna power through. And then I kind of ramp up a little bit and go, No, actually you're gonna crush it today. So just just get out there and do your thing. You're fine.
0: You're you're amazing. You are amazing. You you can do this. And um, I don't I don't journal as much as I used to, partly because I've run out of notebooks. <laughs> I don't need to go notebooks. Gonna shopping. post you on. <laughs> that is a thank you. <laughs> that is a true story. Um because I actually I found it when I moved to house from New York, I moved to Barbados for nine months. When I was clearing out my stuff, I found an old journal. And in it, the things I had said to myself were absolutely horrendous. And I I, I did a burning ceremony with that, and like, just let that go, because that was absolutely horrific things I used to say to myself. It was like, none of it was true. But that was my belief at the time because of the lifestyle I was le- leading. So I think journaling can be really powerful, especially if you read it back, like, mm. a few months or years later later down the line. And another thing I do is write letters to myself for yes. in the future. Yeah, I do that. Like, you know, you are in this, you know, th- this is what, what life looks like, What how, how it feels, and adding the emotion into it too. Because, like you say, I mean, success means different things to different people, but ultimately what really matters is how you feel about it and how you feel in yourself, and then your confidence shines through. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that what you do?
1: Do you journal? I do. I do. But infrequently, Um, I tend to do a lot more. So I'll do like an evening meditation. It's like basically like a sleep app and I will put something on, which is like a a meditation that walks you through going to sleep. But also, you know, your future, your future life, your dreams. And it's a good way of me sort of just going, okay, this is why I'm going through this, because I find that as an entrepreneur, a lot of it is struggle. It's not easy. You can't show up one day and just be like, well, I don't care if I get anything done or I'm not really into this project or, you know, there's, there's no, there's almost no let off the pressure you put on yourself. You you feel that necessity every day. And I find that sometimes you can, you can make it a struggle. It doesn't need to be, but you can do that through putting the pressure on yourself with your goals. And if you're not, if you feel like you're hustling, but you're not getting anywhere, it's even harder, or you're not, you're not getting the feedback yet because it is a slow burn. At, at first, you've got to put a lot of upfront work, particularly in anything online because it's quite saturated, but also on actually building your reputation again because like, I've gone from being everybody knows me of doing my job to now going, hey, I can do your sales system for you and uh, why don't you listen to my podcast? We talk about mindset and things. Um, and they're like, oh, this is a new Sue. And they've got to get used to that. It yeah. takes a while for them to go, oh, i got a friend who, who needs that or, you know, whatever. So
0: and therefore the consistency that's... Consistency comes in.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it does absolutely. And sometimes I think if you take your eye off the vision while you're doing it, and you don't journal or think about it often enough, I think you're just you you stop one day, then you stop the next day, and then you you it, you take ages to get momentum and get back on the wheel, and then you're just starting afresh all over again. Yeah. And I've seen that I've seen that really um, affect people's progress in their businesses. So I do find what, it important.
0: What do you recommend to people to stay in that that momentum then?
1: absolutely so I'm a big vision board person I like pin things you've probably seen this board behind us as a couple of things on there's things on the fridge so if we want to travel somewhere or if you want to have something so I've got like the front cover of my my book um I have three quarters of the way through writing my book and that's on the on the cover of, on the front of my fridge <laughs> don't have it yet um Amazing. I've got things like lo- places we want to travel to so my son's put San Francisco on there he wants to see the Golden Great Gate Bridge um I've got I've got Sicily on there because that's my destination of choice in this year. Um, things like that. So they're quite subliminal. They're around the house and there are things in the office. I also have a screensaver um, that obviously you can't see, but it's like got the view out of my dream. So my dream property is overlooking the beach and mm-hmm. you know, you're you a lover of the beach as I well. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I want to basically pick up everything that we're doing and just move it to overlooking the beach. So I have this, this picture on my desktop and I have this picture of um, my course. So like the front page of my course, which is the Ultimate Business Systems course. So I have things like that, which are constant reminders, visual cues. And I, you know, I'm, I need that. But also I find that by listening to that meditation and thinking about my dream life, what I feel like when I'm with the kids the fact that I'm healthy, um, what we have for breakfast, the who's around in the house. I mean, I actually visualize it and the kids are teenagers and they they're only um well, 12 weeks, four and seven. So that's how far in advance I go, but you don't have to, you can visualize next week. I do visualize presentations. If I'm delivering a talk, yeah, I like I I go through it in my mind. I visualize it, I practice it out as well with whatever my content is, but I have to visualize how I'm gonna show up. And I know the difference. I used to know, I used to do this in the boardroom as well. I knew if I'd gone in there with the intention of this is what I want to say and this is how I want to feel and how I want to come across and this is how I'm going to deliver it, I knew if I'd done that pre-work, I felt confident when I stood in front, Yeah. as well as obviously the power poses and all these sorts of things that get you in a zone. If I hadn't done those things, if I'd had to drink a drink of wine the night before and I was winging it on the day and I hadn't really thought I would, I'd mumble over my words, I'd forget what my flow was, and then inevitably... Like This has happened to me before where I've been thrown a curveball and I've not been prepared for, oh, you you now want me to commit to choosing what we do with the team. We do this or this. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure what the best option is right now. And then I, I, I choose something. I know it was a mistake because I hadn't prepared and I wasn't in flow yeah. and I hadn't done that pre-work. So I do find pre-work such as visualization really important. And the science behind it, isn't it? Athletes do it before they do, do a big game in the gym. and a run, yeah you do so yeah you'll have decided how many reps you're going to do and the other thing about doing that sort of thing is is um it's just a way of i've read that your mind can't tell the difference between something you've imagined and something that's real you know that yeah. where you yeah. have a dream and it's like oh, yeah. did that ha- did that happen did that person really fall out with me about that thing regularly
0: or unfortunately my dreams <laughs> are so vivid that i often don't know what's reality from dreams
1: so what what's to stop us from imagining being that person we want to be the confident Mm. person that stands up speaks you know has an amazing business goes into that networking event and is like yeah my business is doing great this is what I do let me help you can I help you Mm. does there anybody else who I might be able to help who you need why can we not visualize doing that imagine it sleep on it that's why I do the meditation thing at night the, the podcast sleep thing because I want to cement it in my mind and make me feel like that's how you are, Sue. That's who you are. That's when That's you get up. You are, That's yeah. what you do. There's not a, there's no, there's no doubt there. There's no hesitation that says this isn't right for me. I'm not good enough to step in those shoes because I've already done it. Does
0: that make yeah, sense? It does make sense. It makes perfect sense. And by doing it the night before, your brain processes it overnight, and then you can wake up, be, and have, and, and be that that person. I'm. Um, and it's it's like they, they teach on speaker training to get into state, mm-hmm. visualize how it's going to be delivered, how the audience mm-hmm. are going to respond, and like the success that you're going to have. So I think that visualization is really, really vital to make things like positive because we're surrounded daily by negativity. Just look at the news headlines and the papers and you just, you just walk down the street and listen to people. And all they do is moan and complain, moan and complain, moan and complain. And They complain when it's hot, they complain when it's cold. You know? And so it's taking yourself out of that and being that positive ray of light that I know is difficult because the world is a negative place. But again, like we said, you find the right people, visualize and be that person and just own who you are, you know, and that's, that's to me, that's what confidence is. It's owning who you are. Mm
1: -hmm. And, and I guess I used to think it was quite difficult because when you're in a negative space and you feel quite down about yourself, but then I read that because of our caveman brain, we are negative. We have got a negative bias. Mm -hmm. So this idea of fight, fight or flight, you know, we're trying to protect ourselves from the tiger. Our brains are still trying to protect us, aren't they? Yeah.
0: From a situation, that's why people yeah. keep in your comfort zone and and won't take risks because of that. And it does go back to that. Mm-hmm. But actually, like we're not going to get mauled by a lion anymore. Like th- there isn't that. You're not going to die on stage by doing a, a public talk. And, and all these things that you know, we have to as human beings now try harder. And understand that there isn't a lion coming after you. And if somebody is going to, people are going to judge you no matter what you do, whether you are successful or whether you're not. So you might as well do things and take risks and be happy and confident and successful. Because like we said earlier, no one's going to do it for you. And we're not cavemen anymore.
1: And mm-hmm. I read that part of the reason why our brains do that is that until they've got a, a reference point, a story that says it's safe, so like, you know, I kept going for more jobs because I knew I could get a job. So it's like, that's a safe bet. I know what I'm doing with that. But if I start a business, well, I had a previous story that said my business was a failure. So it took me a long time to start a business again. Yeah. And, you know, until you have that story that says it's okay. So you getting up on stage now, you know, it's safe. Your 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 brain, your body is not going to fight against that again, because you're like, I can do this. I've done it before. So I guess really what people need to do is just do it. Just do, do it. it. <laughs> and if it, if it doesn't work out, do it again until you can eventually tell your brain. There's a story here that says nothing bad happens. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody dies from doing this. So yeah. let's let's move forward.
0: Change the status quo. And, you know, you don't know unless you try anyway, do you? No. So no. Tell, tell us about your course and how people can find it and, and how you help them.
1: Sure. Um. So my website is suparker.io So it's S-U-E-P-A-R-K-E-R.io. And I'll put the link in the show notes. Um. And basically what I I do is I do tech. So I help you set up your sales automation system. So if you want to sell a digital course, if you want to sell coaching, um, masterclasses, anything like that, then I can get you set up with email marketing, setting up your wait list, your subscriber list, and you should have an email subscriber list. It is the one thing that most people still check first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. above social media. And it's also a very personal message. So unlike other messages you know, to social media that we know we're, we're announcing to 10,000 followers, something on an email inbox seems very personal. It's addressable to you. And it's a really good way of connecting with your audience and giving them some value. I have, pe- have people that I subscribe to that help me in my daily life with all sorts of things, parenting and all sorts of things. And I love their email newsletters. Mm-hmm. And eventually when I want to work with them, I'll click on their webinar, I'll do their masterclass or whatever, and then I'll buy their digital course. And I've spent many a pounds with them. And this <laughs> is where you... You can also tap into solving a problem for somebody or helping somebody get to a goal much quicker by sharing some of your knowledge. So I can mm-hmm. help you get set up with your blog, your email marketing and your sales system to get that set up. Um, and I, I can also, what I would suggest is you check out the Lifestyle Entrepreneur podcast um, if you're not listening to it there because there we share all sorts of, well, real life. What are we going through? What have I been going through? What are my listeners going through? What are other guests going through in terms of creating their life that works their business that works for their life because that's quite challenging. Going mm-hmm. through this loneliness and dealing with your mindset and personal growth is a massive chunk of it. We also do a bit about online business as well. So that's how you can connect with me, and hopefully you will. And you can also catch me on social media. It's I am Sue Parker. I'm on TikTok and Instagram. How, how's about you, Natalie? How how my list is gonna gonna tap into you?
0: So we, you can follow me on all social medias, uh, Natalie Arabella Bailey. You can't miss me. I've got red hair is only one of me and um, we obviously have the confidence mastery podcast and then what we do is help people to be more confident and successful in health wealth and happiness we've got the confident entrepreneurs club which is a membership site we do weekly trainings we do a monthly guest experts slot slash mastermind session and um, events and socials meetups and stuff like that first access to new content. And um, that's just £27 a month. And that's Arabella.com forward slash club. that's really, really like, it's my little baby. I love it. There's some really nice people in there. Um, the masterminds and stuff we do are application only. So I would recommend if you're interested in taking your life to the next level to just, just get in touch via any of the social medias, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I don't really TikTok. I just I just don't. <laughs> you, do it. you do enough. You it's do enough. It's one of those I need to outsource the like I've got the content. I'm the opposite of you when it comes to tech stuff. Like I've got the like I'm good at talking
1: that's it <laughs> well outsourcing is how you grow and scale as we know so i'll pop those links in my show notes as well um what we didn't really talk about your property enterprises and i think it'd be really great to have a follow-up chat I'm, i know there'll be some listeners thinking how do i build my property portfolio how did natalie do it so if you're open to it i'd love to have you back on the show to talk Amazing. more about your yeah, let's property do that. Sounds cool. Um, and then other than that shall we end on a question for both of us such as Recommending a book, whether it be an audiobook or whatever sort of book, um, for our listeners to have check out.
0: I've just listened to, um,
1: willpower doesn't work. oh yeah, is that uh, Dan Harding?
0: No, something like that. I'll have to have a look. Um, mm. and I was just like, wow, and it's so true. And I know that willpower. Yeah, willpower doesn't work. Benjamin Hardy. Ben
1: Hardy. That's it. Um, yeah.
0: So because it doesn't. No, I was saying to you earlier about motivation and discipline, being disciplined, that's that's what get you results. Even as disciplined as I am, I learned a lot from that book and that, that made me want to step up and do more as well. So I'd highly recommend that one. What about you?
1: That's really hard. I was just clicking. Sorry if you could hear me clicking. I've just literally just added Be Your your Future Self Now by Ben Harding. Hardy. Amazing. Dr. Ben Hardy. It, Dr. Ben Hardy into my thing. So um I will check that one out next. Um, I mean, I've I've probably got about three on the go at the moment. So I've got loads. But I picked up, oddly enough, in TK Maxx, the art of thinking clearly. Ooh. Um, now I'm normally an audiobook listener. I, I listen on the school run to podcasts and audiobooks and things like that because um I'm a mum, so it means I never get to sit down. But I have been sitting down because what the, this book promised that it would just take away the crap decision-making, basically. Um, and I know I make a lot of that. Um, and it talks about cognitive <laughs> biases. I, and I do, and I blame it on being tired. You know, my kids ask me 50,000 times a day what what snacks they can have. And I just go, oh, fine. I give up eventually. You can just eat the chocolate. It's fine. Um, so I was like, how can I make better decisions? Um, so, yeah, that's by Rolf Debelli. Um and I, I just think it's, it's been quite interesting because he talks about some of the, the biases that we have. So, for example, um, sorry, I'm digressing a little bit, but this one I found really interesting. Um, We have this social bias. So, you know, if somebody answers a question and then somebody else answers a question and we agree, then everybody will just agree with them, even if they're wrong, because we, mm-hmm. we don't want to be seen as the one that steps out. So they did this experiment where they drew three lines on a page and one of them was clearly longer. And they said to the participants individually, on their own, without anybody around, which is the longest line, and everybody got it right because it's obvious. Then yeah. they got actors and actresses into the room with this person and asked them, you know, which one do you think is the longest? And they all said a different one, a different line. And all of a sudden, this person that had said the right line the first time was like, oh, yeah, yeah no, I agree with everybody else. And I've seen this the play out.
0: I've seen, see, seen that often as well.
1: Yeah, where we just, we go with the crowd, even if it's wrong, even if it's the most stupidest, dumbest idea. We just go with the crowd. And you see this on social media a lot. You see this in campaigns and things that happen yeah. in the media, don't you? Everybody jumps on it, even though it's wrong. Um, we just don't think about it. We don't we don't think about it logically and rationally ourselves. And I think just by by observing that, and I observed this, I had like a parent teacher type session at the weekend, and they were telling us how to build up build uh create bilingual children. Our children are learning to speak French because we we're moving to France. And um, we were in this room and and we so were supposed to do this exercise, and everyone was supposed to say whether their their chosen word had changed. And the first two people said no, it hadn't changed. So everybody copied. But the reality is that exercise should have changed our outcome on that day, yeah. and it changed. And, and if I think about it, it did change mine. But I didn't dare speak up because I'd fifteen people before me said. Well, now you know
0: that you change. must speak
1: out. <laughs> yeah, just, it's it's crazy to think how many things do we go with the flow because we sat around the family table, or yeah. you know those other influences in our friends' circles, friendship circles, are saying, "Oh no, we wouldn't want to do that," and we just go with it. And I'm thinking. My investment journey in property would have started 15 years ago, had I not listened to that negative space that I was sat around this dinner table going, Mm -hmm. property's dead. There's no money in property anymore. Nobody's going to make money in that. And and it's quite interesting. So
0: It is very interesting. So my um, friends, I was supposed to go traveling in 2010 and my friends ended up backing out, which meant I didn't go. And I realised that if I kept waiting for other people, I would never do anything. So that's why the next year I was that's like, right, I'm going. Two of my friends, yeah. they came with me on holiday, so they left, but I knew I was staying. Yeah. And, you know, that was a similar thing because the year before I thought, well, they're, they're saying they can't do it. That means I can't do it, which is absolute rubbish. Yeah. So yeah. you can do it. Yeah. And I'd like to ask you one, one last question. What does confidence mean to you? Ooh, I've thought long and hard about this. And
1: I've settled on one that is probably Brandon. I've probably stolen it from like Brandon Bouchard or Mel Robbins or something. But um, to me, confidence is about the self-belief that I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to do it. And that's that's what confidence is to me.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I hope that everybody that is listening does um connect with Sue and and myself for listening on these podcasts. and uh, but I just want to thank you for your time and for the listeners time and um I hope that people enjoy it as much as that we clearly have absolutely thanks so much Natalie it's 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 been
1: a blast I think we've covered so much we have
0: thank you thanks and thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on the next one bye